All right. Hello, psychology students at the University of South Carolina, and welcome to Informed, a podcast that is dedicated to informing students, professionals, and the general public about eating disorder etiology, symptomatology, medical complications, and more. Today, the focus of our podcast episode is the prevalence of eating disorders in the LGBTQ community specifically, including why this population is at such a high risk and most likely a much higher risk than the general population. But first, let's just talk a little bit about eating disorders in general to give you guys a bit of a reference point or to refresh your memory. All of the eating disorders that are outlined in the DSM-5 include anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorder, pica, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, rumination disorder, and otherwise specified feeding and eating disorders. I'm going to outline the diagnostic criteria for three of the most common eating disorders here, just so you guys can get a sense of what we're talking about. So anorexia is classified by restriction of energy intake that leads to low body weight. There's an intense fear of gaining weight, and there's also an undue influence of body weight or size on self-evaluation. Anorexia can also be a purely restrictive type or a binging and purging type. Bulimia is characterized by recurrent episodes of binge eating that occur on average once a week for three months with recurring compensatory behaviors to prevent weight gain. And also there's that undue influence of body weight and shape on self-evaluation. Now, binge eating is actually the most common eating disorder, and it is similar to bulimia except for the use of compensatory behaviors. So it includes recurring binge eating episodes that occur on average at least once a week for three months and are marked by these feelings of extreme distress that either come from that lack of original physical hunger, um, extreme fullness, guilt, or embarrassment. Hopefully, we know that eating disorders are serious mental disorders um, marked by serious physical, psychological, and social impairment. But why does it seem that the LGBTQ community is more prone to these terrible illnesses? Well, first, let's look into eating disorder causes and risk factors to find out. So eating disorders do not have one definitive cause, as we know, uh, but rather a bunch of different factors that come together to cause this type of perfect storm. Some risk factors for developing an eating disorder include having a genetic predisposition, such as having close relatives with an eating disorder or another mental illness, um, a history of dieting or family members who diet, uh, maybe a non-deliberate low-calorie intake or high-calorie expenditure, chronic illnesses like type 1 diabetes, perfectionistic tendencies, poor body image, inflexibility, rigidity, experience of weight stigma, bullying, acculturation, assimilation, having limited social supports, or having any past trauma or hardship. Now, with these risk factors in mind, let's turn this into a conversation about the prevalence of eating disorders within the LGBTQ community. Research has shown us that gay and bisexual men are more likely to have an eating disorder than straight men, trans women are more likely to have an eating disorder than cisgender women, trans men and trans women who are unsure of their sexualities are more likely to have an eating disorder than their heterosexual cisgender counterparts, and younger LGBTQ plus individuals are more likely to have an eating disorder than older LGBTQ plus individuals. These folks have higher reported rates of purging, 
laxative use, restrictive eating, and binge eating, all higher than the average population. These trends have been studied, tested, and retested. We see that the LGBTQ community is at high risk, but the question here is why. To get some answers, I talked to Melissa Keene, an LPC from New Jersey who specializes in the treatment of eating disorders. Melissa has worked for almost nine years in various eating disorder facilities, as well as private practices, where she's finally ended up at the New Jersey Center for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, where she continues to work with many eating disorder clients. When I asked about her professional take on eating disorders in the LGBTQ community, she said, The LGBTQ population as a whole experiences higher instances of rejection, bullying, and discrimination related to their sexuality and gender, as well as challenges with meeting a particular body image ideal. These contributing factors increase the probability that an eating disorder might develop. What Melissa is saying from her own experience as a practitioner in the field is exactly what is mirrored in the literature. Let's talk a little bit more in depth. LGBTQ plus individuals face a high risk for eating disorders for a number of reasons. One of these reasons is the facing of stigma, bullying, homophobia, or transphobia that can result in low moods, depression, anxiety, and low self-esteem, all of which are risk factors for eating disorder development. And if that mixed stigma is coming from the family unit or maybe close friends, we're also then seeing that breakdown of support systems, which is also an eating disorder risk factor. In a predominantly heteronormative society, the risk factor of assimilation or acculturation may then also arise as LGBTQ plus folks try to either suppress their true selves to fit into quote-unquote normal society or position themselves to fit into a certain stereotype of LGBTQ plus society. Um, And so speaking of assimilation, attempting to fit a body ideal mold is already a risk factor for eating disorders, and one that's extremely enhanced for those who identify as transgender and experience possibly gender dysphoria. Um, So they may try to gain muscle or lose fat to enhance or suppress certain gendered body characteristics that they possess. For example, losing weight in the hope that breast size reduces or working a lot on muscle gain to appear more masculine. Furthermore, the reason that LGBTQ plus youth report more eating disorders than the elders in the same population can mainly be attributed to the tumultuous time of adolescence and young adulthood, where bullying is more common, changes all around, and life pressures seem very high. It seems like there is no wonder as to why the LGBTQ plus community is at such a high risk, and I hope you guys can acknowledge that too. Unfortunately, though, we have run out of time, and that's all we have for today's episode. But come back next week for more on Informed. I'd also like to thank Melissa Keene for her extremely generous help on this project, um, Jamie Morris for voicing as Melissa Keene, and to any and all listeners. Thank <laughs> you.